Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. So this week was the building of the temple and Reformation and all of the fun things that go into building projects and how basically um, building projects destroy everything. <laughs> they can. Um, I, you know, the reality is we, we joke about it, but it's true, is most pastors, if they go through a building project, don't last at that congregation much longer. They well, usually... I mean, one, one of the challenges you... It, like anything else, um, you have something that you're trying to make decisions on and you have, if you put five people in a room, getting five people to agree is hard. You get a congregation of a couple hundred and getting or a couple hundred or... people or a thousand people to agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. And then that often doesn't spill out in positive ways and yeah, it becomes a mess. We could do it like Solomon, who didn't really care who agreed with him. Yeah, Solomon. So, I mean, there's one advantage to a monarchy or a dictatorship. I'm in charge. I make the decision. Y'all just live with it. Suck it up. There you go. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the, the reality was even God didn't want the temple, but by golly, Solomon was going to build it. I think I, that's what I was going to say. You know, most building projects, you know, church building projects, there's a, there's a stated need and agreed upon need most of the time that most people say, okay, so we need to you know, add on to our facility or build a new one or whatever. Most of the time there's agreement there and then the mess kind of plays out. Solomon didn't even have that. He was like, well, I'm going to build a temple. Well, and, and to be fair, David wanted to build it first. And when David proposed the idea... The prophet Nathan thought it was swell. He was like, yeah, sure, that sounds like a good idea because who would not agree with the notion of, yeah, we, we maybe need a building to actually come together and come into and meet and worship God and let's, let's go do this thing. The, the prophet Nathan originally was like, yeah, do it. Well, then God showed up that night and was like, um, I have other ideas. Don't let him build that temple. Um, I, I have no need of a temple. I've never, you know, um, I, I, I have never wanted or asked for a temple. I have my tabernacle, which is mobile. <laughs> I like, I like being mobile. I like going where my people go. It's, it's almost like God has some sort of wisdom or something. I, it's like God knows what he's talking about. It's really weird. It's also kind of infuriating, frustrating sometimes. Because what God, what, what God knows and, and, and wants a lot of times doesn't match what I know. Right. Well, and it's, 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 kind, of, it's kind of like, like a, a kid's relationship with their parents. Yep. And we don't always want to admit our parents are right or we're right. And you go, oh, man. Same thing with God. It's like, oh, man. God was right. God was right. God was <laughs> don't. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't do this. It's not a good idea. Well, I mean, it, it's... And what's going on here is just kind of the further adoption of the ways of other nations when they start when they decide they're going to build a temple so so i want to backtrack for one second sure. because i do agree uh, with the david nathaniel um theory of a gathering place oh absolutely i think that 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 is that is excellent i love i love that and i think that absolutely holds true gathering place for god's people to come together and for me I, 
Is the sanctuary a place of worship? Yeah. Is it a... I, I, I'd almost rather... You said that in a strange... Well, I'd, I'd almost rather equate the sanctuary to a toolbox as well, where you come to acquire tools to live out your faith. So you're not just here, because if you just come to this place for worship, well, I'm going to come, I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to go. And then it becomes a singular event and not a transcendent life-changing event where your life is transformed and therefore you transform the world. So I think, I think that's where I struggle and hesitate when we, when we come to the sanctuary for worship. Yes, we come to worship and, and give our praise and our offering. Um, th- those are true. And I, and I think that they're, they're valuable. I think when we turn the, 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 quote, church, the building, the sanctuary, into a place where we go to worship only, then that's all it becomes. And I, I think that's, that's been played out over decades of Christianity. I come to worship, I come to church to worship. Again, I'm using church as the building, not the people. But I come, I come to the church building to worship. And it's a singular event. I want the church to be, the church building, the sanctuary to be a place where we come to worship God, give our thanks and give our praise, and get acquire tools to take God, to take the Holy Spirit, to take Jesus, to take that message, take the gospel out into the world. And I think that is where, you know, when we use the term worship, you know, come together, gather, that's great. Teach each other, learn from each other, and take it into the world. I think that's where you know, sort of the rubber hits the road. And that's, that's kind of my, and I, I don't want that to sound like, I don't think the worship aspect is important. And if we're going to worship something, I'd much rather we worship God than some of the other things in our culture that we that we kind of worship. But I don't I don't want church, the building, to be a place where we come once a week to worship, and then that's all we do. Right. Well, and that's on, and that that became the problem with the temple too. Is it was the place you went, you did your sacrifice, you were good, and yep. off you went, and then continued to just kind of not. Not, yeah, not. from the onset, it was set up that way. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it never had that. The temple never had that. Um, the tool belt experience as much as the the singular event. I go, I gave my stuff, I gave it up for God, and now I'm I'm good for a week. Right, and you know, it's we we love the idea of our permanent structures. And, yep. and and I think that was the part that God kind of well. There, there's a lot of parts that He was kind of rebelling against a little bit in terms of what he didn't want to have happen but the the mobility aspect of it was you know it's like look you know um i real i I, and, and i think god recognizes too he's and at least solomon makes the concession at some point you know that okay i realize that this house can't contain God. God, God's everywhere, and and this right. can't contain it. But this gives us the centralized kind of location in which to come and gather and worship and do those things. Which, for for both David and Solomon, I think for them they they at least at some level thought this was a unifying thing. This was going to bring people together, bring them to Jerusalem, bring them. This is the you know the place in which you come and and yep. and and worship and sacrifice to God and. And um, that that centralized location can can be a good thing. Um, now, kind of how it it winds up 
um, playing out is, is first of all, God's kind of like, you know, I, first of all, I don't probably even need the ark and the tabernacle and all that kind of stuff, but I recognize people need a place. Pe- people need something tangible right. in order to, to relate to me. And way back when they were in the wilderness, they decided they didn't want to hear directly from me. <laughs> they they wanted an intermediary. They 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 were like you you go talk to God Moses and we'll just listen to you and well we know how all well that works out but um they they were they were really afraid of God's voice yeah. and they didn't want to hear it which I always find very ironic that we sit here always going well gee I want to hear God's voice I want to hear you know these things and when they actually had that opportunity they were like no 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 you go talk to God <laughs> it was it was no no God God scares us so um how about you you deal with that and then you come talk to and tell us what 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 God says. So we can disagree with you instead of with God directly. Exactly. That's that's pretty much what that, that boiled down to was we can argue with you easier than we can argue with, with, with with whatever that is. (laughs) I don't want to argue with God. I know I'm going to lose that one. Maybe I can, maybe I can say that you're interpreting wrong. Yeah. I can argue with the prophets. Yeah. I, and, and that's how, you know, God. And they did. They hated the prophets. Yeah. Oh no. They, they argued and fought with the prophets all the time. But, um, so anyway, yeah, David got this idea in his head and Nathan initially was all, let's do this. And then God was like, no, let's not do this. I think this is not a good idea. And as I mentioned in my sermon, um, part of the reason is, is again, that whole system, uh, that other nations had where you have a king, a monarchy, and you have a temple system and the two are linked. And the temple system happens to also be this administrative center and a whole lot more, well, a whole lot more does go on than, um, than just worship at these temples. They're the gathering places, um, they're social places in terms of coming and eating because when you sacrifice, um, you got right. lots of food. Right. So it's, that's, that's where you got your meat usually for the week. They didn't eat a lot of meat, um, in the, uh, I would not have, I would not have done well. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't do a lot of meat, but when they made sacrifices, that's when they had their meat fests. Yeah. Um, I like that. A meat fest. Yeah. They would have, that's what I need a meat fest. Yeah. Yeah. They, because they would, they would cook up the stuff and, and, and what they didn't completely burn up, they would actually eat. And then getting hungry. Yeah, it's only because we're, we're pretty early in the morning. Sorry, we're talking about meat. <laughs> it's not even nine a.m. yet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the um, it's this it's a social place, which that in and of itself is fine. It just then also became a bank. Um, and if you get into kind of into the New Testament and how the temples were operating there as well. Uh, you get a feel for it when, um, well, first of all, Jesus goes in and gets the money changers out because, you know, there was this whole... The angry Jesus. Selling of the sacrifices and, and the fact that only poor people, um, the poor people could not really afford to to right. pay to make a sacrifice, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's also the issue of in, in when Paul goes into places like um, Ephesus, and they're making the idols and, and the whatever. There, there's an economic issue where the, the temples are banks because they do the money changing kind of thing. They also sell idols and the pagan ones and all that kind of stuff. 
And it, it is the center, and they also store grain for food. So your food distribution is coming from the centralized kind of, of location. Um, and it, it, it really becomes a, a point for abuse, yeah. put it that way. Um, a, a place for the people in charge to really uh, abuse the the poor people, the little peons, so to speak, of yeah. of the um, of their kingdoms. And God kind of wasn't into that. Um, he he was trying so hard to get the Israelites away from what other nations did. He didn't want that very focused, centralized, only a few people have power kind of idea. And that, you know, recognizing, yes, there are going to be people that have to be raised up, that have to lead, that have to, you know, that have to have some some element of power. Right. But it wasn't supposed to be based on, originally, it wasn't supposed to be based on your birth. It wasn't supposed to be based on um, any of those kinds of, of issues. And yet that is what the people want to embrace. And it's, let's face it, it's hard to do something that you aren't familiar with. It, it, yeah, doing blazing, something a new way yeah. that has never been done this way before. Yeah, blazing trails is, yeah. is hard. It's and, hard and God was trying to set something up that had at least not in any known way for, for quite some time, yep. had the world really ever seen a, a society function that was a collective that were actually kind of banded together in some form. Um, you know, tribal things were, were very common, but you usually still had this um, centralized kind of location and, and, and God's trying to get them away from, from that idea. And it just doesn't go over well with the people. They, yeah. they, they, they want, let's face it, people kind of want to some degree to be told what to do. They, they say they don't. <laughs> right. But at the same time, they, they crave leadership. They back crave in, that. Back when I was a kid, um, this white stuff used to fall from the sky when it was cold. Oh, what's, yeah, what's I remember that. that. Just, when I lived in Minnesota, Nebraska, we used to have that. Yeah, I don't, really remember, strange. I, don't, I don't remember it what that's called anymore. S, I think. Yeah. Um, oh. Oh, s snow. Oh, that, yeah, right. That snow, snow. stuff. And, and I, I cross-country skied as a kid. And at some point, you know, we would go, we'd go to different places and we would break our own trail. It was hard. Like it was, it was hard work. And then at one point we, we decided to go, I don't remember, somewhere north of, of where we lived. And, and there was actually, it was like a, like a cross-country ski resort. And they actually groomed the trails for you. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it was life-changing. It was so much fun and so much easier than just going to a park or you know, a field and cross-country skiing across the field when there's no trail broken. So it... And again, I, I think it's, you know, oh, well, where do I go? What do I do? This is harder work. Yeah. And, you know, when we went to this this other place, it was nice because, hey, here's a map. Yep. Oh, and look, we've already done we've already done the hard work for you. You just follow along and enjoy. Yeah. You know, put your feet up and relax. Now, crawl if you haven't cross country ski, it's hard work even on 
a trail that's already been broken. This is harder if the trail hasn't been broken. Um, again, and I think God's hope same was that, I think God's hope was that the people were going to look to uh, his his instruction, and were going to look to him for that leadership. And we're going to say, hey, you know. God's still waiting got, for that. Yeah. It's like, hey, Sorry. God gave us these rules and this ways, the, these ways to live. But what wound up happening in Judges was everybody did what was right in their own eyes, not living according to what God had laid out. And so that then led to this lack of leadership and this, this corruption and this, well, we're not following God's ways, but we need a leader. We, we need something. And so if we're not going to do this, we want a king. And so that's kind of where that all winds up. And then, you know, naturally, the, the, the whole culmination of the temple thing is that it eventually gets destroyed a couple of times. Um, and then, of course, you also have Jesus becoming the temple. Um, if you, I've never read the book of Hebrews. It's really kind of a fascinating um, book to read because it delves into the temple imagery in terms of how Christ fulfills all the roles of the temple, um, where he's the curtain, you know, that, that, that veil yep. of separation, which of course, when, when he died was torn. Yep. Um, but he's the, that thing you pass through, so to speak, it's that thing that, that is between you and God. Um, he is the sacrifice that you offer. He is the high priest that makes the sacrifice. Um, he is the, the ark, the Holy of Holies, the presence of God in himself. So not yep. just the temple, but actually has God within it. So, so Jesus is all of that. And if you've never read the book of Hebrews, I really encourage you to do so from that standpoint of it really, um, makes that translation of temple Jesus and how the two yeah. are essentially kind of so, the same, at so least spiritually I, speaking. I struggle reading Paul yeah, because there is no punctuation or seemingly no punctuation. It just goes and goes. So for me, when we get to, in the lecture, when we get to the epistles, I always, always, always grab the message Bible, Eugene Peterson's translation, and read the epistles from the message to be fair, we're not sure who wrote Hebrews because it's just it's it's right. the book that sits in between Correct. Paul and the others because we're like we think maybe Paul wrote it, but we're really not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those epistles, there there isn't a lot of punctuation. No, and it's 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 challenging. Lots of well, in the Greek they had no punctuation, right. so we have to add it and we have to try. And to they didn't it add out. much. <laughs> lots of run-on sentences. Lots of yeah. Lots of just. So, so it's easy. It's easy to get. So if you read, if you pick up the Bible and are trying to read, you know, some of Paul's writings and the epistles, um, and you you struggle, you're not alone. You're not alone because it, it it can be daunting. You go, okay, wait a minute. Let me go back and read. Okay, got it. Where the message, for me, I can read the message and, and kind of understand it at the first shot, and not have to keep going back and go, oh wait. Oh, got it. Tip. Yeah. Get the message. And and within Judaism, they're very split, actually, over um, the role of the temple at this juncture. 
Uh, there, there are several who don't think they need a temple anymore, who actually have gone that direction. This juncture being today or this juncture today. being in, okay. today. I was, today. I was clarifying that you meant yeah. today. 2000 years to, later, yeah. there, there are a lot of um, Jewish people who, um, and rabbis who are like, no, we don't need a temple. Um, that's, that's not, that, that's really not what it was about. And, right. and, you know, being, being faithful to God, worshiping God, we don't need that, you know, spot. There's so, another, okay. there's another so, side though that absolutely believes they still need to go back to doing that because they, they haven't so, been able to do a sacrifice for 2000 years. So, so question temple as in singular. Yes. The one in Jerusalem. Okay. That's what I was clarifying. Yes. That's what I was yes. Clarifying. The temple, the temple, the temple. Um, so, so, and, and there are those that, that still believe that that is the only place you can properly do the sacrifice. That's why you don't see Jewish people performing sacrifices in other places because that for them, that was the place to do it. And, you know, because bad, th- let's, let's, let's face it, bad things happened. Um, <laughs> when, when the kingdom finally splits apart, uh, the kingdom splits apart right after Solomon because, again, he heavily taxed, he used slave labor, he put all these burdens to build the temple. Um, so from the get-go, the temple has a lot of issues. Rehoboam, his son, comes along and says, I'm going to make things worse. Um, I'm going to tax you even more. I'm going to make even more forced labor. And uh, the people kind of went, yeah, no thanks. And so um, the the kingdom divides. And up in the north, now that they're no longer going down south, they, they set up some places to worship God, Dan and Bethel and um, places like that. And guess what they did? In those 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 new like high places sanctuaries, the new fandangled temples. The new fandangled. They weren't really temples, but they were you know these 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 places of worship. Um, they set up golden calves. <laughs> so if this was a video cast. You would see my facial expression, <laughs> which is just. But since you can't see the video, I'm like, seriously, people. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, again, like. Yep. They just I, they, they just kept falling back on that. You get exasperated for God. Yeah. I mean, and and I mean, this isn't shocking, right? That you know Moses goes up. <laughs> because you know we can't talk to God. Send Moses. Moses goes up, talks to God. Oh. Moses has been gone for 40 days. Let's, let's find a new God. <laughs> it's just, and it's like, didn't I just, didn't I, didn't we just talk about this whole golden calf thing? Golden calf thing? Bad, bad idea. And bad you idea. just golden calfed me. Yep. I, I made that a verb. You golden calfed me. Yep. Um, like I. I <sighs> yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, they, they go and they build these shrines, um, uh, golden calves and and worship there instead because they they can't come down to Jerusalem anymore they've been shut they've been cut off from the temple so um, and and that'll come into play later in terms of not the golden calf but that separation from the temple of of the tribes of Israel and when Jesus comes on the scene and is dealing with like the Samaritan woman because Samaritans were the uh, kind of the remnant of those northern tribes yeah. um, that had mingled with Gentiles during uh, after they had been destroyed by the Assyrians. And Spoiler alert, Samaritans labeled yeah. bad. 
they they intermarry and whatnot. And so the the kingdom in the south, the kingdom of Judah that got um, destroyed by Babylon, then had a group of them that went to Babylon in captivity that managed to stay what they would call kind of pure. They didn't, you know, they, they, they set up their own synagogues and things like that and places of worship, and they continued to, to just marry within their own group. And 70 years later, when they were allowed to return, they come back and they find out that the people they had left had done exactly what the northern tribes had done. They intermarried and whatever, so they made them get divorced or whatever and saying, if you marry Gentiles, you're, you're you know, because guess what they wanted to do? Rebuild the temple. And it was, well, you need to be pure if you're going to. So that whole scenario is kind of what leads up to when Jesus and the Samaritan woman start having a little chat about worshiping God at the temple. And Jesus is kind of like, well, yeah, this is kind of how it was set up. And this is the way God promised to do things. Um, because God, again, kind of works in the midst of our messes, yep. um, works in the midst of our mistakes and the things that we set up. And God's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. That's and, what keeps God so busy. Oh, I know. It's like, ah, oh, this isn't what I had in mind. That's okay. called job security, I guess. <laughs> isn't what I had in mind, but okay. Um, and But then Jesus says, but the time is coming when... The temple will not, you know, this, the centralized location is not, you, you will be able to worship God on every mountain and blah, yep. blah, blah. So, um, again, the problem at that t point in time was worshiping God on every mountain tended to turn into idol worship of some sort. So, um, that was why it was, was usually very problematic, but there's that movement then, but we still like our permanent structures, even if we don't think we need a centralized location kind of thing. We still like our, our big buildings, our pretty buildings, because um, we, we want to worship God. We want things to be inspiring. We want things to touch our souls um yeah. to i mean i'm an art person so of course i love stained glass i love those kinds of things they're, they're beautiful and they speak to me um and at the same time you can go a little overboard and if you don't have the money for it maybe you shouldn't embark on it um you know if you're not gonna be able to it's very Get Dave Ramsey-ish. Yeah, well, you know, um, you have these ideas. And if there are people willing to give you the money to do it, awesome. Because they have the means and whatever and are behind it and say, sure, let's do this. But if you're a pope and you're like, my bank is empty, my, my piggy bank is broke, um, and I need money, so I'm going to go out into where all the poor people live and fleece them of money so I can build this beautiful basilica. I'm going to go with that maybe isn't what glorifies God. You know, I sighed. Yes, I know. Because it's... this. So this is the Pope, right? Like Pope Leo the Tenth. Yeah. So the Pope, who... In seminary, when we were, when I was in seminary and we were, they, it's calling, is it considered calling a pope? 
how, what, what's the language they use? Um, um, no, that's not the language they I know. use. They don't. They, they they go into um some kind of cloistered. Yeah, then they're smoking bubble. The white smoke versus the black smoke until you have a new pope. Yeah, they do, they vote. And, yeah, and, whatever that yeah. process is called. Uh, it's, it's not cloistered. It might be cloistered. That sounds. I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna Google it. Or maybe. Maybe. So so that <laughs> like whatever that that process is, and again, language escapes me. Um. When I was in seminary, they were bringing on a new pope. So I remember going, you know, who cares? I'm not Catholic. I'm Lutheran. But the reality is, at some point I realized the ignorance of that statement. Because the reality is the pope, whether we like it or not, is kind conclave. of... Conclave. Like, conclave, that's it. Um, um, the pope becomes the figurehead of Christianity. Right, whether we like it whether or not. Whether we like it or not. Um, for a lot of people... When the know, Pope speaks, people listen. Yes, good or bad. Right. Positive or negative. So the po because of that, the Pope has some, some authority and has that stature, good or, again, agree or disagree, good or bad, whatever. It's just kind of the way it is. The Pope has this stature and is given this power and given this authority that when the Pope speaks... There's there's a certain weight to it, which in this case makes me wonder what the hell the Pope was reading in Scripture, because he missed a lot. That if you're willing to say, okay, I'm going to uh, enslave people or defraud people of their of their of their wealth of their money. In order to build a temple, you've kind of missed the point of, of, of scripture, like by a long. Like, to be like, fair, it's not a near miss. To be fair, he had some examples to follow in scripture. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. So okay. the reality yeah. is, yeah. Solomon used forced labor yeah. and heavy taxes, and God blessed it. God showed up. God said, okay, I'm going to be here. So he, there, there was some precedent set. That's true. That's there was true. a precedent set um, that if you, you, you want to do kind of more of a superficial reading of, of Scripture, you absolutely can come to that conclusion. That's, that, that's true. Yeah. I, I guess, so I guess for me... You have to ignore kind of um, some of the points that are being made with, with the author when they're talking about it where they highlight the fact that Oh yeah, and by the way, thirty thousand slaves were used. <laughs> but, it's, but it's really hard. I, I don't want this to sound anti-Semitic, but so if 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 you're Jewish and you're and you're ignoring the New Testament, I think as 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 a Christian, and you look at Christian being. The lens through which you read. Follower of Christ, the lens through which you you know. Followers of, of Jesus, mm -hmm. it's really hard to read the Gospels and go, that's a good idea. That's fair. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to say that the Gospels supersede. I mean, the, but can we also but, acknowledge that I think for a very long time, the, the papacy was at least... At, at some point, turned into more about power and and yeah, 
it, it was about power and it was about um, holding on to that power. Yeah. And it actually adopted all of the royal stuff while it was at Avignon in, in France. Well, it's it's really um, it's really interesting. The the pomp and circumstance yeah. around the the papacy was adopted from kings. Well, I, re I remember a couple of years ago when the, the, the Pope, the current Pope, um, sort of got rid of the Pope mobile, mm -hmm. the expensive Pope mobile. He's like, you know, we don't. He doesn't even like living in the. Yeah. He's yeah. like, no, like this isn't, I don't need a, a, a super fancy schmancy Pope mobile. Um, that's not, that's not what this is. This isn't about all, all the money we spend on it. it. There's, there's other, and people were mad. Oh, I know. I mean, people yeah, the, the were... cardinals have kind of been like, "What did we do?" Yeah. Like, actually, in that conclave when we we elected this guy. <laughs> yeah. And yes. then, and then on the flip side, so so this is what's really interesting. So your really traditional, or a, a number of your very traditional, you know, Catholics really push back against the Pope, mm -hmm. the current Pope. But the flip side has been that those who are less familiar are less familiar with Catholicism are like, oh wait a minute, this guy this guy kind of gets it. Huh. Not so bad. So it's it's really interesting who the current Pope has resonated with and who he's, you know, frankly pissed off. Yeah. Um yeah. he's he's ticked off a lot of people. Yeah. And and but you know I, I'm not going to get into the Catholic Church issues because they're not. <laughs> we got enough issues in, in the Lutheran Church. Absolutely. Um, and it's just one of those those things where, you know, you just you just kind of keep seeing people of faith making kind of the same mistakes over and over and over again. And I think that's the thing. I'm before seminary, I missed that. Like I, I wasn't in tune to all the ways in which humanity has not changed and frustrated God. Right. Like I, I, I viewed it as, I don't, I don't know. Like I just, I just kind of missed it. Like until I got to seminary and you're studying deeper and you're looking back and you're, and wait a minute, like I'm, I'm reading this, this piece in the Old Testament from 3,000 years ago and I'm going, oh, wait a minute, we're doing the same thing. And those parallels are just, it's scary, but they're still there. It's like, how, again, it's got to be exasperating for God to go, uh, hello, at some point, it would be nice if you got it. Yeah. And we don't, over and over and over again, we just don't. Yeah, we got to be frustrating. It it is, and 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 that's kind of always one of my things. Whenever I read, you know, the more things change, um, the the more they stay the same, kind of issue. Yeah, and it's yeah, it, it, it's so frustrating because you look at I, I mean. A lot of the issues will be different. You know, the things we're 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 dealing with are you know, change with the times or whatever, but the kind of the core problems, right. yep. we're still trying to figure out how do we organize as a society? We're still trying to figure this out. Yeah. We're, we're still trying to, to, to 
figure out what what's the best way for us to live and be as people um whether it's people of god or just humans in general yeah and <laughs> and, and and it's and and not just this country but worldwide right you know i think I, I think the one thing that's really become more apparent over the last i don't know how many years is our worldwide connectedness right um it's it's hard to not see how how interconnected you know and, and i think that's one thing that that covid has you know sort of done oh wait a minute like one country can have it under control but if the world doesn't it's really hard to stop a pandemic a global right. pandemic because of our global in- our, our global nature now yeah. so so there was a time when a lot of times plagues could be very localized. Now, bubonic plague, Black Death, or whatever was not one of those. It, when you started introducing trade routes and stuff that became more global and went in, you know, yep. to and from Asia and China and and down into um, Africa and and the things like that. Trade diseases as well. Yeah, the diseases traveled, and yep. now it took a lot. It took. I mean, the the Black Death, like was over hundreds of years. I mean, it, it would have times where it would kind of peak and then it would fall and then it would peak in another area and then fall. Yeah. Um, we see that happening now just on a much more rapid scale yeah. um, because of global transportation and airplanes and, and we can hop on a flight and one day we can, we can, we can catch a, um, we, we can catch a cold in, in Florida and um, by that evening, that cold has now been spread to somebody in China, and vice versa. And yeah. I mean, that's just how rapidly yep. that spreads and changes. And so, unless you have something that shows symptoms within like five hours of catching it, it you, you your your hope of really containing it is is going to yeah, probably slim. just not not be a thing. But um, what we don't seem to be aware of is, is the, the, whether we like it or not, we are a global, we're, we're global now yep. from the standpoint of what we do affects everybody else to some degree yep. and what they do affects us. Yep. And we are not in this place of being willing to kind of work together and say, how can we all get on the same page with anything? You know, there's, there's really nothing we seem capable of getting on the same page with and and being like hey yeah we all have this common common goal i mean you can watch movies and usually what unites humanity alien invasion hostile alien invasion is what normally finally somehow you know yeah will smith will smith and independence Independence day Day. man unites humanity is when humanity is under threat by an alien invasion but i gotta tell you I honestly don't think that's even how it would work. I still think we would fight amongst ourselves about how we fight the aliens. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I agree. I, re- I remember in college. And they'll use that against us, and that's how they'll defeat us. Yeah. <laughs> so we will never win against an alien invasion because they have their poop in a group and we don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went, you know, in college, we'd go to a party. And you go to the keg. How many times did you ask what it was? What? Like what kind of beer what it was. What kind of beer it was? I didn't drink beer, so. Well, I never asked. Okay. I gave my, I threw my buck or whatever in the, you just, you just drank in the red given. solo cup. They gave me a cup, but I went and drank it. You hoped it was beer. 
I knew it was beer. It's coming out of the tent. Um, <laughs> well, you, you, you still, you, yeah. you hope it was beer. <laughs> yeah. So I, I never, I never complained because I never cared. Right. And I think, I feel like today, like in some ways we need to get back to that and, and just stop looking for things to complain about. You know, I mean, literally as society, you know, we, we're, we're, we're bitching at a free beer party again, using the analogy. And it's like, wait a minute, like, we have a lot to be thankful for, but we focus, we're so focused on the negative. Yeah. And yeah, there, there are a lot of good things to celebrate. And at the same time, there's a lot of work we still need to do. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, there's that balance of celebrate yeah. the wins and, and, and pick your battles. Well, and celebrate the wins and continue to move forward. forward. Right. Because Don't you, stagnate in, ooh, okay, we did this good and now we're done. And pat ourselves on the back for, you know, couple hundred 500 years. years. You know, Reformation, so Reformation Sunday, you know, literally I think Lutherans have patted themselves on the back for 500 years ago. Man, we, re we reformed the church um, 500 years ago. Yeah. I've got some thoughts on that, but we don't have a whole lot of time left. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, think about it though. You know, so so Luther quote reformed the church, mm -hmm. and then when a new hymnal comes out, we fight about the new hymnal. Yeah, we freak out. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, here's the what? here's that thing is that, um, and and I kind of mentioned this in my sermon, is we do this thing where God promises us something. Um, I'm going to be with you in the sacraments. I'm going to be with you in, when you gather, whatever. Then we fight about how that all takes place. Yeah. And well, it, not it's... for infants. Well, not in wafers. Well, not in grape juice. Well, not every week. Well, yeah, and yeah, not everybody. Yeah, not, well, not you. Yeah, I mean that that just it's it's it gets kind of frustrating. <laughs> Um, it gets a little frustrating in terms of, um, it's like, is there anything we can, we can all, we can just not fight about even when it comes to, to this, but here's, here's the beauty of even though we fight, God doesn't throw up his hands and say, I'm just done with you. I mean, that's the amazing part. The other part consistency again. thing through scripture. The other consistency. Well, yep. okay, there were a few times God was like, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to be done with you people. And Moses had to argue him out of it and right. say, you know, that that's not going to look good to the neighbors. Don't do that. Yep. Um, but but kind of got kind of got past that point. Yep. And and was like, no, okay. And you think about God kind of progresses. So he gets yes. ticked off that humanity stinks. Um, and so he sends a flood, destroys all of humanity, except for this one family, because maybe this one family can be the one family that'll do it right, and I'll repopulate, and blah, 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 blah. That doesn't work out so well. So then he kind of is like, okay, I'm going to have this nation, and this, this one nation of people that's going to be my people, and they're going to be this priestly nation, they're going to be this beacon, this light, this whatever, that everybody else is going to learn from, and this is how it's going to work. And when they all go off with the golden calves and things like that, God's like, okay, I'm done with that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to just go through you, Moses. And maybe your family. So he kind of tries to do the Noah thing again, only not just completely destroying everybody yeah. in the world. Um, but he, but he was ready just to destroy the Israelites and be like, Psh, okay, just you. 
Um, and Moses is like, no, 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 that's not how this is going to work. You, you brought us out of Egypt and you're our God. And if you destroy them at this point, what's the message is that sending? So, so God doesn't. Um, and then from that point forward, you know, he kind of keeps trying to do this. So even tell Solomon, well, if you walk in my ways, I'll, 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 the thing I promised David, I'll do through you. If you, yeah. if you're, you're, you do what I, I, I need you to do. The reality is Solomon didn't follow in God's ways his whole life. He eventually, his lovely harem of what was it, 700 some women and whatever. Who's counting? Um, he eventually started following other gods, the Asherahs and, and whatever. And he instituted um, uh, Asherah worship in, in, I think, even in the temple. And, and there was, yeah, so he was not by any means perfect. He did not do everything that God really wanted him doing. And yet God still kept his side of this right. and said, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep working through this, even though you didn't do what I asked you to do, what you did not actually walk in my ways. Right. Um, I'm still going to, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm going to keep that promise and I'm going to stay faithful. Um, and that becomes really the mantra of scripture is God's the faithful one. We aren't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, God's and, the faithful and thank, one. And thank God for that. Yeah. God's the faithful one. God's the one who keeps going. <sighs> no. All right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll work with what you guys are giving me. And, but I, I still have the way I want everything to be. And I still have the way I want you people to live because that is how life flourishes. You know those inflatable things that you had when you were a kid? They were like maybe three, four feet high and you punch them and they uh -huh. fall over and come back up? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's God. Yeah. Like we continually like punch, him and punch God and God like gets knocked down and is like, get back up. And then humanity punches God again and, get, and then God's like, you know, let me try this differently. Let me try giving my son, and we'll sack. And God gets knocked down and pops up again. So I, resurrection, I mean, we. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, but oh man, there is there is some solace in the fact that God doesn't give up on us. No, God and doesn't give up on us. It's been it's been thousands of years, and God has not yet given up on us completely. And, um, and, and, you know, there's gotta be, be times that are, that are rougher than others. Um, and, but I also know that, that there are times that God rejoices, um, and yeah. things going on. Yep. Um, but there's also times that he weeps and, uh, there are, you know, the, the, the hope, uh, the big hope of, of Christianity, of course, is that eventually, you know, it's the every eye will see every knee shall bow kind of thing, is basically we'll eventually get, everybody's going to finally get, wait a minute, the way God wants us to live is actually maybe the way we should live. Eventually. Eventually. I don't know what kind of cataclysmic destruction is going to have to happen in order for us to get that message. Aliens. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> should not have brought that up. Uh, <laughs> but you might be right. Uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, but write it, write it down. I want credit for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and 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 where you know where where we're headed in in terms of of what what things have to to be torn down in order to be built back up. Um, the temple had to be destroyed in then Jesus is the new thing. So let's do some building people. Yeah, we need, well, we need to build God's kingdom. Yeah. And, 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 I, I and, think not, that and that's not bricks. Focus. And that's not bricks. No, it is not Just bricks. Just to be clear, God's kingdom is not bricks. No, not brick and mortar. He does not want, he does not need or want another um, temple, church, etc. cetera. Um, we may build those because we need them, but God does not need them. Yep. Um, and... And I think God recognizes the difference between the things that we need and the things that God... God does not need communion. We do. Yep. Um, God does not need um, a, a place for us to worship. We do. Yep. And so he gives us the means through which we we are able to carry those things out. And um, he continues to give and give and give because there's an abundance um, we live in a, a world of scarcity of where we think we never have, we're, we're not going to have enough. We always do. We do. Well, we always do. Just doesn't always get to everybody it right. needs to get to. It's We've like, got plenty of resources. we got distribution issues. Yeah, we have distribution issues. And I'm not talking yeah. about supply chain at the ports. No, no. We, <laughs> That's we, we, have, issue. we have lots of other distribution issues. But the reality is that um, we have an abundance in this world. God has blessed this world in so many ways. And um, it's kind of the question of how are we going to, to, to organize ourselves societally, globally, et cetera, in which we all benefit and, and we take care of each other. And that's kind of, kind of the, the point of, hopefully, of, of being Christian. Yep. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for us for this week. Um, next week, we tackle Elijah. Woohoo! Yeah, our favorite, one of our favorite prophets. Um, <laughs> Jed's like, eh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not my favorite. Um, personally, I prefer Elisha. You know, the whole uh, sicking bears on teenagers. I think that that's an awesome story, but we don't get that. Anyway, so <laughs> glad you listened. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.